Hello, peoples, and welcome to Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. My name is Jason Peters, and we are with you today for another five-minute review. I got five on it. That's right, all the fun of an Esoterica Cinema episode distilled into five minutes, or what we call five minutes, but will really probably be ten. For today's film, we are going back to 2010 to look at On Sandy, written by Denis Villeneuve and Valerie Beaugrand-Champagne, and directed by Denis Villeneuve. And in case you're wondering, yes, as of five minutes ago, I did think it was pronounced in Sandy's. Go figure, On Sandy is how it's pronounced. Yeah, thanks a lot, Google Translate. Appreciate you. Interestingly enough, the film was adapted from a stage play of the same name, written and directed by a gentleman by the name of Majdi Muawad, though I'm sure I butchered that one as well, and the film itself was nominated for a 2010 Academy Award for Best Foreign Film. I do have a description for you straight from Google as follows. Nawal, played by Lubna Azabal, a dying Middle Eastern woman living in Montreal, leaves separate letters to her twin children to be read once she passes away. Jean, played by Melissa Desormeaux-Polin, is to deliver hers to the father of the twins that they never knew, while Simon, played by Maxim Gaudet, is to give his to the brother that they never knew they had. The siblings travel to the Middle East separately, where they each experience acts of brutality, uncovering a startling family history, and have revelations about themselves. Now... If that description seems a little vague, that's intentional, because this is a film that is best gone into blind. It's almost a big shake and bake of a number of different genres. If you had to, you know, ask me to pin it down, I would describe this as a family drama crossed with a socio-political mystery war thriller. And I know that sounds like a lot, but, you know, it really does juggle all of these different elements. And I would say that it juggles them very effectively. There's a reason this film is highly regarded. It is a very, very good film, but one that is not without its errors. In particular, one big error at the end of the movie, or what I will argue is at least an element of the film that doesn't work, that keeps it from just that stratospheric level of being great, but still a very, very good movie. Now, there's one scene we need to talk about before the film starts proper, and that's the opening scene, which is like a slow motion shot of a kid having all of his head buzzed off, or his hair buzzed off, rather, set to the song You and Who's Army by Radiohead. So here's the thing. I know there's a lot of people that don't like when pop music is used in films, and they feel that, you know, whatever association you have with the song, you're going to bring that in with you, and it's going to take you out of the film. I found that with this. I don't often find that to be the case. I actually generally love when pop music is used in films. Quentin Tarantino is my favorite filmmaker, so I've got to appreciate that, right? The issue that I had with the way that this film did it is that, for whatever reason, I was not thinking about the film itself as the song was playing. Normally, when a song is used, I'm kind of looking at the synergy between how the song is playing against the film, and here I was really thinking more about how the film impacted the song, right? And so it's almost like it's almost like the film supplemented the song rather than the song supplementing the film. And I thought that was a really weird reaction to that, first of all. I can't really think of other instances where I thought that. And I thought it was a weird application of that. So just want to get that out of the way. That's literally the opening shot, not spoiling anything for you. 
As far as how this film looks, this film is gorgeous, okay? And I actually looked up the cinematographer, found out this is a guy named Andre Turpin, and I expected him to be a super stud, and I mean, he is in terms of talent, but he does not have nearly the resume that I would have expected from someone with his level of talent and ability based on this film. This is a gorgeous looking film. The framing of the shots is excellent, the lighting, all of the elements that you look for in a well-photographed film, those are all here. As of now, the highest profile thing that he's done isn't even a movie, it's the music video for Adele's Hello, and outside of that, everything that he's done has been either in Canada or France, though I imagine it would be primarily Canada. Either way, definitely a gorgeous film and one of the highlights of the movie. Another thing, the acting, phenomenal across the board. So the character of Nawal Marwan, She's the one who kind of drives the story in terms of she's central, she's the mother figure, and a lot of what's going to reveal centers around her uh, posthumously, actually. But if you had to pick a protagonist, it would probably be the Jean character, played by Melissa Desormeaux-Polin. And she does a very good job. She plays the role with a nice combination of earnestness and sincerity, and she walks a sort of fine line with a character who needs to drive the story forward, but also sort of not be overly confident in doing so and making sure there's an element of insecurity to her character. The gentleman who plays her brother, fine. I thought he did a good, if not spectacular job, but you know, he showed up and he did what was expected of him. Now, as far as the faults of the film are concerned, I have to say that there's a reveal in the third act and the entire film hinges on this reveal. And you just know that this reveal is supposed to be one of those just hits you over the head, oh my God, gasps in the audience type of reveals, right? And I wanted it to be, and when I think about it intellectually, I think that it could be, or it could have been, but I have to admit I did not have that reaction when it occurred in the film. In reality, there's some things that have to do with when things took place, and even the chronology of things, I, I was left, I found myself sort of doing the math to be like, wait a minute, well, could that be... Could that really have worked out, you know, in the context of the film? So instead of being, you know, emotionally captivated by some great reveal, I found myself questioning it. And in that respect, it has to be argued that the that it didn't really work because if I'm spending more time questioning the reveal, like, eh, I don't know about this reveal thing you got here. Seems a little shaky groundy to me. Nah, I don't know. I never heard of no mayor. Right? Like, that's not what you're going for. And so I, I have to hold that against the film and the storytelling. I think it was, I think it could have been done well, but as it was executed, it didn't really work for me. There's also an element of the film where it sort of keeps a certain distance and detachment from its main characters. I think this is an aspect of Denis Villeneuve's filmmaking. I think that much like Kubrick before him, you know, you could say maybe he's got comparables to like Chris Nolan. I don't really know if there's anyone else right now, but it has to be said that he he definitely keeps a detached element to his characters and, and the way that his camera always keeps a distance from his characters. We're never really in with them. We don't get these like super tight close-ups and, you know, it's not an intimate film. It keeps this detached air with its protagonist and with its main characters. And I think that the film actually suffers from that because it is trying to key in on these emotions and it is trying to play with you in terms of the way that the script is written, uh, play with your emotions. So I think that the, the, that while I love Denis Villeneuve's uh, filmmaking style more than anybody else working right now, I have to say that, 
I do think that there are certain instances where it maybe works against him having that, you know, detachment. So, and this might be one of them. That's not to take anything away from Denis, though. He's still, like I said, arguably the best working director in film today. Three adjectives for this film. Proficient, confident, and overeager. Star rating, I'm going to go ahead and give this one four and a half out of five. So once again, on Sandy, streaming everywhere. You can go ahead and rent it right now. Excellent, excellent film. And honestly, I would love to know what you have to think about the ending because it seems like I'm not the only one that feels this way, but that the majority would disagree with me. So I would love to know what you think about the ending to on Sandy. And on top of the normal places, you know, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Gmail, Esoterica Cinema, we now have a, a voicemail that you can call into. And you can actually leave us your opinions on this, and we'll go ahead and we'll find a way to edit them and get them in some of our full-length episodes. Gonna go ahead and give you that phone number here real quick. 818-483-6285. Once again, 818-483-6285. Call the Esoterica Cinema Hotline. Let us know what you think about the ending to Ansandi. And if you haven't seen Ansandi, but you are familiar with Denis' work, I'm gonna leave you with one other suggestion, okay? And that is, I think that personally, his sense of scale is unmatched, right? The way that he makes just his worlds feel so huge, like whether it's Dune, Blade Runner, Arrival, again, I think his sense of scale is unmatched, but I would argue that oftentimes there is a sort of sense of intimacy and humanity that might get lost within that, right? Because it's such a detached style of filmmaking. So I would love to know what you think about that. Do you think that, first of all, Denis' sense of scale is top in the biz right now? And if so, do you think that it costs him a certain level of intimacy with our characters? Once again, hit us up. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. 818-483-6285. We will see you next time right here at Esoterica Cinema.